Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Welcome into the Lombardi line presented by DraftKings alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bonantoni with you. we got a great couple of hours on tap. Joining us guest-wise in hour two, we'll have the one and only Harry Gagnon giving out his cartoon pick for Thursday night football. So much news and notes to get into, though, Michael. So let's just jump right in, especially since we saw... Another announcement in New York. Zach Wilson will go ahead and be the starter once again this week against the Houston Texans. I mean, for a team that is going nowhere, that has been dysfunctional since really the spring, we spend way too much time covering the New York football (laughs) Jets. I mean, we really do. We spend way too much time covering the Jets. And I don't know if the report was wrong. I really don't think it was. I'm sure the kid was probably didn't want to come back and play. But I think he also was probably told that, hey, look, for your career, you know, right now you, somebody's put this label on you that you don't want to play. You need to get it removed. For uh, anybody that missed kind of the saga of how all of that played out, uh, reporters from The Athletic, Zach Rosenblatt and Diana Rossini, had reports from sources inside the building with New York that Zach, um, that the team was wanting Zach to come back over and take over the reins. He was reluctant, was cautious about the potential for additional injury. Robert Sala was asked in his press conference earlier this week about it. He said that Zach came into his office on Monday saying that he wanted the ball in his hands, but that Sala wasn't sure yet. Um, yeah. The way things play out, that. yeah. Now, now Sala though today he said Zach gives them the best chance. He's and- sure. What did he? I want to know how he sleep. What did he sleep on that he got sure of? What tape did he put on? I'll put it on. I'll go watch it to get him more confident. I mean, this is so. This is really a bad cover up. I mean, it's really a bad cover up. There's leaks in the organization. There's people talking from all over. You know, whether it's text from uh, Sala to WFAN to stories getting out. Like you can say these nothing's true and this is all made up and you know, but it's all out there. And And to me, what it shows stormy is an absence of leadership that I see on the field every week. You know, it's not like we're talking about a guy who's won three Super Bowls as the head coach of the, of the team, nor a general manager that's had a winning record. I think that, with the way that this organization is right now, it's not 
run by Robert Sala. It's not run by Joe Douglas. It's run by Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers isn't out there on the field right now, but he <laughs> had a lot to say about those leaks when he was on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. Take a listen. What is your impetus? What is your motivation to try and bury someone like that? Um, and that's a problem with the organization. You know, we need to get to the bottom of whatever this is coming from and put a stop to it privately uh, because there's no place in a, in a winning culture where, and there's been, this is not the only time, there's been a bunch of other leaks. You know, he, he's making that presence known about the organization. We're not hearing those types of comments from Robert Sala. So I, I find that to be very interesting, Michael. And yes, there's the on the field stuff where he's basically playing GM and he had his wish list of players that he wanted to come in. He wanted to play for Nathaniel Hackett, XYZ, check the box off the list. But in terms of like the only leadership I really see is the guy who's not even a part of the organization right now. No, no, not at all. I mean, and you got wishy-washy. Well, I haven't seen enough out of uh, Zach to put him back in there, and then a day later, I'm going to put him back in there. I mean, again, we spend way too much time talking about a dysfunctional team like this led by a dysfunctional head coach who's really – I mean, let's be honest here. You know, I mean, what has – he's in his third season. He's in his third season as being a head coach. What has he shown over those 15 wins that he's accumulated – I keep saying this, his 32-win percentage is lower than Todd Bowles, and they ran Todd Bowles out of town. I mean, Adam Gase was at 31% win percentage for the Jets. Like, tell me why this is going to get better, because he's going to put Aaron Rodgers back in there next year at 41 years old, coming off an Achilles? I think you're being naive if you think it's one reason why the Jets have failed and, and have been so dysfunctional. And, you know, you can see it. It's just as obvious as the nose on your face. Their, their dysfunction lies within their organizational structure. Maybe that's Woody Johnson. Maybe he likes it like this. I don't know. But they're never going to beat anybody like this. I can promise you that. And, you know, Douglas has been there a long time. And all I hear about is his great drafts, and yet they can't beat anybody. Meanwhile, Cleveland lost their quarterback for extended periods, and they've got seven wins. Why are the Jets different than Cleveland? No one wants to answer that question. Everybody says the Jets' defense is elite. Everybody says that. But why are the, why are the Browns got seven wins, the Jets have four, and the Browns have been going through a bunch of quarterbacks. They're on the third quarterback. They brought Joe Flacco in off the street, and yet they got seven wins. But, they're, but the Jets have an elite defense? But I mean, I'm confused. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of layers to this. And Cleveland – obviously has had their fair of dysfunction in recent history, yet they have found a way to get it together here. And they're on QB four with this situation in New York. Same, same thing. We had Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon play in the game last week, and it wasn't any better than what we had seen with Zach Wilson. Boyle gets released. No, you'll notice, Michael, the spread has not changed at all with this no. Texans game. Still no, sitting right there at five and a half. Well, and here's the thing, too, which now you're putting him in, Wilson. I mean, the weather is going to be, from all indications, and again, I'm not a weatherman, but they say that if you look at the weather reports for the East Coast, including the Midwest, including the the game and in, in the, the two Ohio games, the weather is going to be gust of over 20 miles an hour. Rain, even though it won't be cold, there'll be rain through the day and heavy gusting winds which lends itself to turnovers, kind of a little bit like the Atlanta game last week, and they turned it over three times. I mean, Atlanta did really. When you go through the tape and watch it, Atlanta did very little offensively, very little.
when it comes to the dysfunction in this organization, Michael, like, is there is there anything that is fixable this season or next year? Because we all assume that that this coaching staff and and GM is going to get a mulligan because of the Aaron Rodgers of it all. Is this just what they're setting themselves up for for another year? Yeah, no, I think to me is well, only Woody Johnson can answer that question, right? I mean, Woody Johnson's got to say, do I want this to come back? I mean, every team goes through their periods of having disastrous things happen to them. I mean, we saw the Colts at one in 15 after Peyton Manning got hurt and, you know, Bill Polian lost his job and they changed Jim Caldwell, lost his job. All those things happen. We see the what's going on in new England. Everybody's calling for Belichick to lose his job. So, but yet in this situation, because you have the caveat of Aaron Rodgers, that, you know, no one's talking about Salah. No one's talking about Nathaniel Hackett, who's this offense is historically, not just bad, historically bad. And it's, is it just because of one player? I mean, think about what Zach Taylor, and I've been on Zach Taylor's butt for a while, but what he was able to get done with Jake Browning down in Jacksonville. Jacksonville was a good defensive team, hard to run the football on. You had to throw it to win, and they did. And yet now all of a sudden it's just because they lost Rodgers, the team's going to be fine and we should be interested in playing them. I think that all we need to know is the line hasn't moved. I think they could put anybody at quarterback and this line's going to stay five and a half. So, a, weather's going to be a factor. And B, you know, the Texans as a favorite isn't something that, you know, people are sitting there saying, well, that's going to be a good situation. Michael, so as we say that, the line actually did tick down to four and a half, but I could very easily see this going the other way. Maybe just an immediate influx of, okay, we think Zach Wilson's going to be better than Tim Boyle, but I can see the Texans continuing to get bet back on the other side. Um, another quarterback situation I want to update here real quickly, Michael. We All eyes, obviously, yesterday coming out of the Monday night football game was the status of Trevor Lawrence. We didn't have an update when we were on the air yet yesterday, but Doug Peterson spoke to reporters, confirmed it is a high ankle spring for Trevor Lawrence, but he said it's day-to-day, not the presumed week-to-week for this injury. So then that kind of raises the question with Trevor Lawrence, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, Michael. We remember earlier this season when he was dealing with that knee sprain, that knee injury, and all week we were saying, ah, probably not going to go. I I guess he's going to work it out in pregame, but probably not going to go. And then he ultimately ends up starting. He has never missed a start in his National Football League career. Now with this ankle, it is a short week, but he takes a lot of pride in starting these football games. Do you think that he might try to go or should we as betters be handicapping this game as a CG, CJ Beathard game? Well, I think we should be a handicap as a CJ. I find it hard to believe that as bad as that look, that he can come back, pivot and throw the football, especially when we're talking about severe weather, right? We're talking about 40 mile an hour gust. We're talking about rain. We're talking about a game. I think they played back in 2020 against the Saints when the weather was just it looked like a, a hurricane was going through Cleveland Stadium there. So I would find it hard to believe that he's going to have to come back and do that. It's a challenge. Look, when you break this game down, we know this. The Browns are, a, are really a two-faced team. They play really well at home defensively. They play horrendously on the road. I mean, it's just a fact. I mean, it, you, just, it, you can't explain it. it. It caught me off guard last week. I thought they would play much better at home. Uh, on the road in in Los Angeles because, you know, it really I didn't think it was that much of a home field. But in this case, it really is. And when you look at it, I mean, you know, they let you run the ball on the road, but at home, I mean, for the six teams, you know, they can't even get – I mean, they've had games where they haven't gotten 100 yards teams playing against them at home. I mean, the most passing yards at home this year was 165, Cleveland's defense. 
They've had four passing games under 78 yards. So for I could see why everybody wants Lawrence to play because if Beathard comes in, how are they going to throw the football effectively on a team that's very good? Yeah, and without your best pass catcher as well, Christian Kirk, going to have core muscle surgery, so he's going to miss a few weeks. Left tackle, Walker Little got injured in the game, and he's already the backup with Cam Robinson on injured reserve, so a lot to keep an eye on with Jacksonville. And I like something you said yesterday. Because of the performance that Cleveland had, especially in the fourth quarter against the Rams last week, Like they're a prideful group. This is going to be important for them to get back on track at home this week. Um, the the spread sitting three and a half right now. That total down from 38 because of the weather and the injuries now 30 and a half. And there are a lot of games that are going to be impacted by weather this weekend that we'll make sure we touch on throughout the show. A lot more quarterback news still to get to here on the Lombardi line and more. Stay with us. This is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, you know DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting five bucks on basketball. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code VSIN, V-S-I-N. That's how you do it. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Rumor on the street is that when Harry Gagnon joins us coming up in hour two, he's got some NBA plays for folks at home to get the best out of that promotion. Yeah, Michael, he's coming in high. He's got (coughs) NFL and NBA today. Man, there's nothing nothing he can't like Will Hill. There's nothing they can't cover. It's true. They, they, Michael, you, you were the GM, and I think that that's just rubbing off on them, right? That now they feel, because they're on the show, they have those I, GM capabilities. I barely, yeah, I barely can do football. They can do all <laughs> sports. I mean, Will Hill can go from baseball to basketball, college Will. football. I mean, he spans the globe. I love Will. It's great. Um, okay, so we talked a lot about all the weather games, and we'll get, to, we'll get through each one of those in a moment. But I, what I found interesting, Michael, is that despite all of these weather games that we have and totals on the move ticking down left and right, 
The game with the lowest total yeah. is actually going to be about 45 degrees. Pretty nice out. Thursday night football. The Patriots yeah. and Steelers going head to head. The lowest total in 30 years in the regular season of 30 with those two teams. It has nothing to do with weather this game. You would think it yeah. would that it's down to 30. It has everything to do with both teams can't score, right? Yeah. I mean, it has everything to, with every with both teams' offenses. I mean, we talk about New England not being able to score and the Steelers have scored 36 points in the last three games themselves. Yep. So, I mean, this isn't like, you know, they're dominating and the Steelers just had a bad day because Mitchell came in off the bench. No, no, they've had a hard time scoring. Now watch it go flying over. Watch it go to 45 <laughs> and we'll see it. But, you know, I mean, when you go back and watch the game two years ago or last year when Trubisky played at quarterback, it was a 17-14 game. That was 31. So, and the Patriots were a better offensive team at that point. Aguilar was on the team catching the ball. Mac Jones was playing much better. Their offensive line was ex increasingly better than it is now. So, for me, uh, you know, this is why I think the number's going down. But both teams, I think New England more than Pittsburgh, have played better on defense. What's mm -hmm. surprising about Pittsburgh this year, Stormy, is their inability to really get control of the run game. I mean, teams have been able to run the football on Pittsburgh, which is not usually the case against the Pittsburgh defense, right? Usually it's hard to run the football on them. But in the last couple of weeks, I mean, we saw Arizona actually run the ball more than throw it. They ran for 150 yards. They only threw for 132. And think about that. They only threw for 132. And yet they were able to, you know, win the game because the Steelers turned the ball over. So, you know, I, I think that's going to be the key. The Steelers have been – some teams have been able to run the ball. Now, when they lost to Cleveland and Cleveland with, with Dorian Thompson-Robinson, you know, the Browns really couldn't run the ball in that game either. And then the Bengals really don't even try to run the ball. They only ran for 25 yards. So that's where the game is going to come down to. The clock's going to be running, and both teams want to run the ball, which is going to – and both teams can't score, and both teams can't make play. I mean, this is the 29th offense, the Steelers in the red zone – and the Patriots are 31st. So both teams, once they get to the red zone, can't score. Yeah, well, and you talk about the Patriots and their defense being better. I think that's what makes it so frustrating, the offensive ineptitude, because their defense has held opponents to 10 points or fewer these last three games, yet lost all three of them. The According to ESPN Stats and Info, the Chicago Cardinals in 1938 were the last team to accomplish that feat, which is just wow. a brutal brutal comparison um, but obviously coming off a 6 nothing loss to the Chargers the final score in that Steelers game against Arizona 24 to 10 Kenny Pickett had ankle surgery um, so unsure when he's going to be back just a few weeks is the limit here but then also on on offense for the Patriots you're, you're missing your best offensive weapon in Ramondre Stevenson who also has got a high ankle sprain he's going to be out they have a lot of injuries on that list Devontae Parker Juju Smith-Schuster still limited although you know you imagine Juju's going to get up for his former team but a lot of injuries to keep an eye on and tomorrow on the show we'll do a deep dive into Thursday night yeah. football and kind of lay out everything well, that you need to know go ahead you know what's funny is the Patriots are two and ten the the viewed as the worst team in football and and the record says that which they are but over this five game losing streak since losing the buff since beating Buffalo at home they've only scored 47 points and they've only given up 76 I mean, they're a play here, a play there from winning those five games. I mean, think about it. You know, the Giant game, they miss a field goal to go to overtime. The Colts game, they, they, they throw an interception in the red zone to win the game. 
The Washington game, they throw an interception driving down to kick a field goal. You know, so they've had chances. The Miami game, probably the only one they couldn't have won. They've been so close to winning, even though as as bad as they are, it shows you that they've actually played good defense and kept themselves in the game. You know, when they've played against good teams, and the Saints came in and blew them out, and the Cowboys blew them out. But other than that, it's been nip and tuck all the way through. They just have not been able to make any plays, and that's why they're 2-10, and 10, because the game's always about four or five plays. The Patriots make none of those. Yeah, we'll see if maybe Bailey Zappi can make a few more this week. Now let's look at some of those games with weather concerns because our wonderful producer today, Caesar, has an awesome wind trend for us. NFL games with 10 or more mile an hour winds at kickoff, 18-5 and 1 to the under this year, going under by an average of 5.5 points per game. These games the last three years, 110-55 and 1 to the under. And we have five games that meet that criteria this weekend. You referenced them in the last segment. The Rams at Baltimore, the Lions at the Chicago Bears, Indy at Cincinnati, Jacksonville at Cleveland, Houston at the New York Jets in MetLife Stadium. All of these totals have ticked down with the exception of Colts and Bengals, which has gone up from 40 to 43. Why do you think that is? Because both defenses are terrible. (laughs) I mean, the Colts defense is bad. And so is the, the Bengals defense is not good either. I mean, the Bengals can't stop the run, nor can they run the ball. I mean, last week, Jacksonville ran for 71, but they can't stop the run. I mean, they're just run fits haven't been good. They haven't played good defense all year. And this Colt team, which prides itself on being an eight-man front team, being able to stop you from running the football, I mean, they just haven't been able to stop the run. I mean, think about it. They beat Carolina, and they beat Carolina 27-13, to the Colts, right? And it's only because they get two pick six in that game they win. They come back, they beat New England, the pick, the interception in the red zone. They beat Tampa in a back-and-forth game. Mayfield gets hurt, which helped them. Last week, they need two punts and a miss extra point to win the game, right? I mean, you're talking about living living really, really well. That's the Colts. That's how they've been living. And their defense has really what let them down. I think Steichen's done a great job of managing it because he's playing with the backup quarterback. He's playing with somebody that really doesn't make a lot of plays in their passing game, but he's been able to design plays against teams that play a lot of zone, that can't engage in man-to-man, and they've done a great job. Last week was a perfect example. I mean, they make they make some big-time throws. I mean, Minshew made some big-time throws when it mattered most, and, you know, Pierce has played really well for them. I mean, Alex Pierce has played really well. Josh Downs was playing well for him. And Pittman has been like the inside receiver to help them out. Are there any of these games, Michael, that are weather impacted that despite taking as much money as they have to the under, and we're seeing like four to eight point swings down that are still to the point where you want to take an under are still to the point where you think, okay, weather wind is going to play such a role in this game. I cannot talk myself into the over. Is there one that stands out to you or two? Well, I, I think the one that do, I think the one that we talked just talked about that one does because both teams' defenses are not very good. You know, I, I couldn't say that about Cleveland and Jacksonville because if it's really windy, it's coming in there. You got two backup quarterbacks. The coaches have to be very conservative. So you got to think that. Plus, Jacksonville's kicker isn't very good. We haven't talked about that. When you're playing these under, you're you know, it's like these kickers make a big difference in these unders. 
I, I think that would be the only one. The Jets can't score, so we can't, you know, that, that number's not going to, and with Zach Wilson in the game, that's not going to matter. Yeah, the Jets Chicago, game down Detroit from 38 now, and a half to 33. Go ahead. That Chicago-Detroit could be one, right? Because when you look at Chicago, when they play and win, it really benefits Justin Fields. We know Detroit has a hard time playing against Justin Fields and any movement quarterback. We know that. Their defense lacks the team speed. And if you see what Fields has been able to do, I mean, you know, he's he's rushed for 104 yards, 132 yards on 147 yards against this Lions defense when he has started against them. Last game, he rushed for 104, 7.8 yards a carry. So he can get the ball on the ground. But the problem is all this running, does it lead to a lot of points? No, that's the answer. Well, and that's been the biggest knock on Justin Fields throughout his young career, right? Is you can do all these masterful things. You're one of the most athletic quarterbacks in the National Football League, yet that's not resulting in points and that's not resulting in wins, which is why this team is likely to move off from Justin Fields after this season. But a great point in a wind-impacted game. Bears getting three points in that one total down to 43. We're going to step aside, resetting for hour two on the Lombardi line. When we return, we'll welcome in our friends over at DraftKings Network. Stay with us. It's the most wonderful time of year, but it can also be the most stressful when it comes to finding the perfect gift for the ones that matter most. Fortunately, Omaha Steaks is the convenient and thoughtful gift that's guaranteed to delight every single person on your gift list every time. Shop carefully curated packages that are guaranteed to make spirits bright all winter long. All you got to do is go to omahasteaks.com and save 50% off site-wide. Plus, when you use our promo code VSIN, V-S-I-N, at checkout, you'll get an additional 30 bucks off your order. It's an offer that's not going to last long, though. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away, so shop early. Beat the rush. Visit omahasteaks.com and take advantage of that 50% off site-wide. Plus, the promo code, again, VSIN, at checkout. That'll get you $30 more off your order. Minimum order may be required. Love that Omaha Steaks is a partner of ours now, Michael. And un- the only unfortunate part about doing those reads is that it gets me like in the mode about steak. I had a steak last night. You cut through it. It's like butter. It's my favorite food, Michael. I don't know what to do. I go on a tangent. Go. Yeah. I mean, why not? You know, it's the most <laughs> wonderful time of the year. You should enjoy it, right? Yeah, it is I the most so. wonderful time. And Omaha's are good. You know, it's always good to see that box show up at your door. It's a, you appreciate that. That's a good gift to give somebody. If anybody wants to get me a gift. Let me know. DM me. Send you the address. We'll get it going. Um, but we, uh, we, we, Michael, we need to get to your top five and bottom five teams in the NFL. Also, yeah. because you said why not, good tease. We got Why Not Wednesday coming up in about 20 minutes to close out the show. So get excited for that. But it is time to rank your teams. I don't think I'm going out on a limb saying that the San Francisco 49ers are going to be number one on this list. But then it's where does it it gets interesting after that. Who's who's your number two and three specifically first? Again, my list is always predicated on numerical numbers. Yep. It has nothing to do with what I think. And it's all predicated on the 18 areas that I believe determine outcomes of games. And the Cowboys are number two. They moved up a spot. Baltimore, which didn't play, moved down a spot. Kansas City, which had a tough game, but they stayed, they moved up. A spot. I don't know quite how that happens, but they did. And then Miami has moved up. Miami's been moving up steadily. If you look at Miami's numbers in the beginning of the week, the beginning of the season, like if you go back to 
if you go back to week two, and that's why I try to do it every week and look at it and see Miami at week two of the season, Miami was in the middle of the pack in the low, almost to the twenties. And you say, why? Well, because their defense wasn't very good, but now that their defense has really become the strength of their team, they've now become a top five team. And What's going to happen to Miami, as I wrote about the other day, for VEASAN is, is they are identified as an offensive juggernaut. Yet in reality, they are a defensive control the pace of the game team. And if they can find a way to play physical against these good teams, these good defensive teams that seem to slow them down because of their front and because of they take away Tyreek Hill... Miami can still win with their defense. They can still win with their defense. So you can't just you can't say they're a finesse team coming to play. No, that's not the case. They are really good on defense. So they're in my top five. The Eagles, which have really been in there, and I don't I don't know why they have, but because they were good at being able to finish games and win the middle eight, all those things, they were in the top five. But now they've dropped out. Their numbers, Stormy, are not good. When you look at them, they're the worst team on third down. That's hard to be. It's hard to be a good, a bad, this bad of a team on third down. They're a little bit like the Lions last year. Not as bad defensively in terms against the run, but against the pass they are. They can't cover. I think they're 26th in the league in yards after contact on tackling by their secondary. Horrendous. Bottom five. You know, it's, it's really the Jets and the Commanders somehow ended up in a tie. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. The Commanders have the week off, which is good for us. We'll see that. The Patriots would be much better than the 29th team if they had any offense at all. Their defensive numbers are good. Their offensive numbers are horrendous. Arizona, no change. Carolina, no change. And the Giants, no change. I still don't understand how the Giants are going to play Tommy DeVito. I still don't understand the logic behind that. When you really break the games down and you watch how many times he's been sacked because he's had to hold the football, and then you're going to start him in a game, I just find that hard to believe. You're basically telling Tyrod that gave you everything that he could to play well, you know, that you're going to basically sit him on the bench. Think about this, Stormy. Tommy DeVito, his sack percentage is 21.1. 21.1 sack percentage. Now, Daniel Jones is just as bad. One of the things I complain about, he holds the ball, he can't process. He's at 15.8. The one guy who got rid of the ball quickly was Tyrod Taylor at 10.3. Yet they chose to start DeVito. And there, and so every time you get sacked, it's a negative play. How do you overcome that? He's not good enough to overcome it. Tyrod Taylor, and I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but we didn't really get enough time to get into it because we had to hit the break. But Tyrod Taylor has just had like the most brutal experience as a quarterback in the NFL. You think back to 2020 when he's with the Chargers and things are going really well, but he gets his lung punctured by an injection for a team yeah. doctor. Then um, his time with uh, with the Browns in 2018, he suffers a concussion. Then in steps Baker Mayfield after that, and Tyrod Taylor's out in the wings. Now he breaks a couple of ribs, has to miss time. And he, again, he's being passed over for... Uh, Tommy DeVito hasn't... For, for He has been a fun story. I love that the fans are into it. I love that the tailgates are all about Tommy DeVito and that you talk about likability a lot, and clearly the locker room likes this kid. But it's not like the offense has been lighting it up with Tommy DeVito. And Tyrod Taylor, I feel like, has done enough to earn an opportunity. So I do feel for him. I understand why he's disappointed. Uh, I do want to follow up with some of your thoughts, though, on those that that top five, Michael, especially as it pertains to the Miami Dolphins, because you talk about 
the way that they're known as being a great offensive team, but struggling against good defensive teams. Their losses so far this season, 48-20 at Buffalo before all of the injuries for the Bills. 31-17 loss in Philly against the Eagles. 21-14 against Kansas City. Like that a defense that we know is very stout and very good. It seems like it's only been recently that we've seen it all come together where the offense is performing and the defense is performing. They've held opponents defensively to 17 points or fewer in four of their last five games. How good is it for them that they're peaking at the right time, it seems? They're in the one seed right now in the AFC playoff picture, a couple tough games still ahead. But, I mean, if they could put themselves in a position for home field advantage, I think the sky's the limit for Miami if they continue to play this way, no? No question. That's why I wrote the column, because I think they are peaking at the right time. Since, you know, even when they played Kansas City over in Germany, they were playing well defensively. They held Kansas City to 14 points. Not that Kansas City is a great offense any longer or this year, but remember the twenty-four. They scored the, the Chiefs scored with their off their defense. They have played. They have shut people out. I said last week on the Sunday show that you know the money was moving towards Washington, and I kept saying, "Look, you know, I don't know why I didn't recommend it as a play. I'm an idiot, but you know, like there was there was a good chance that they were going to get a pick six in the game because when you're so one-dimensional like they are, Washington." Vic will make you play left-handed. It's a little bit like Tennessee. Tennessee can't play the pass at all. They're horrible. Jeffrey Simmons isn't going to play. Okay, now Will Levis is coming to town, and Derrick Henry is going to get taken away from him because they can play run defense. And when Henry gets taken away, that means Levis is going to have to make some throws. Can he? Can the Titans, which typically score around 17 points, can they score 17 against Miami? I'm not sure. But can my... Tennessee hold Miami to 31, which would be the cover if it's at 13 and a half. <laughs> I don't I think that's a challenge too. Tennessee, we have to, and I learned this last week, we have to stop with the Tennessee Mike Vrabel stuff yeah. because it's not apl- a- applicable this year. This Miami stuff is applicable because you bet them on these numbers because their offense keeps trying to score. They're going to keep trying to get Tyreek Hill the 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 the, the 2000 yards plus Plus, their defense is playing really well. So while the Miami Dolphins are a team that's peaking, we talk about the Philadelphia Eagles dropping out of your top five and that they're struggling. They're coming off their worst loss of the year by far against the San Francisco 49ers. Each of their last four wins prior to that were one-score games, went to overtime with the Bills. Uh, Even Washington took them to the wire. How big of a concern is it for you? Yeah. How big of a concern is it for you that Philadelphia is struggling the way that they are getting close to playoff time? Well, I I think it's got to be real concerning because we've seen Philly hasn't played really to the level we saw them last year all year. They haven't. I've called them the Super Bowl hangover team for 50 minutes because in the last 10 minutes, they turn it on, they win games. You know, I, I, I don't think they've ever been in that rhythm that they had last year terms of being explosive to start the game. They don't look as fresh to me as they did last year. And again, it's a long season. When you go to the Super Bowl and you're practicing more, right. all those things are good problems to have, but they create some kind of sense of, of tiredness as you go through the season. Look, we can sit here and say all we want. I mean, the Patriots are 2-10. and 10. You can make the case that they, could, they should have won a couple more games. You could also make the case that the Eagles could have easily lost to the Bills, the Chiefs, or the Cowboys, but they didn't because of their resiliency and their will. I don't know how far that can carry you moving forward. 
Also, I say the 49ers are their worst loss by far because of the margin of victory for San Francisco. But what is really worse, losing that way to San Francisco or just losing to the Jets, period? Because I feel like it's yeah. ugly <laughs> either way. Um, we're going to take a break here. Closing things out on the Lombardi line next with a little Why Not Wednesday. Looking at some long shots and seeing if they make us want to say, why not? We'll be right back. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 